Good morning and welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff, C70 The Bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt, Red Bird, A Medlock, one on the Twitters. Uh, Alan, it's a lot more fun to record a show after a win than a loss. We haven't done a lot of that, I don't think, as of late. Uh, Cardinals win last night. Um, how are you feeling about them before we get anything else going on? Well, you know, it's uh, finally... You know, Pittsburgh was a low point. I mean, how many times have we said that this year? You mm-hmm. know, then go and, and lose the first two of the Texas series where you don't play poorly, but then you finally get a good start out of uh, out of Flaherty. You go six, you get the one zero win. You come and and you uh, back up uh, Montgomery last night for a win. Eh, maybe some silver lining a little bit. I mean, it it all starts on the bump. That's you know all their problems start right there with who has the ball that night, and if they can start you know riding the ship a little bit, maybe you can get back in it. But you know. It's yet to be seen. We'll see how they play today. Yeah, I mean, that's about the thing. About the time you start thinking that maybe they're starting to turn a corner, they turn another corner, and they're going right back in the same direction. But, you know, two wins in a row, and if you get a, a good start today uh, with Michaelis going, you, you feel like you probably do. Um, then, then maybe you've got a little bit of momentum. Let's You mentioned Jack Flaherty. Let's just start there. Um, because, you know, early in the year, we really didn't, you know, what to do with Jack Flaherty, right? We were talking about, you know, the Cardinals aren't going to re-sign him. He's, he's obviously, you know, just never going to be the pitcher that we thought he was going to be. Blah 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 blah. Um, since he gave up ten runs against the Angels, um, he's got a two oh six ERA over the last six starts with thirty six strikeouts and thirty five innings. Walks are still up there, but. This is a little. This is maybe the best extended run of Jack Flaherty we've seen in a while. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was. I felt like he threw really, really well at Texas, and uh, and it's it, it's one of those situations where you're like, what? One, I mean, how much false hope do we have? That mm-hmm. that's what worries me a little bit. But uh, that may just be the negative, you know, the negative effect of the team right now. Because right. right now you're just like, okay, cool. I feel pretty good for Flaherty when he takes the ball. And, and honestly, I do with Montgomery as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, it was nice to see. And, and you know, we'll uh, we'll get a shot. Uh, um, let, let's see how much they can stay into this and, and how how much he can keep it going. Because then then you start talking about, okay, well, then addition could be a, a help in that rotation. You know, because at right, right now you're thinking, okay, well um, – you know, who could be going out at this point, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's uh, you just kind of hope that they can kind of, kind of right the ship a little bit, get some good starts and, and put ever put it all together to make a, make a run and not, not win 15 in a row or anything like that, which would be nice, but to actually turn around to where you feel like you're living up to some of those preseason expectations, not being one of the worst teams in the national league. Right. I mean, that's, we've, we've said that quite a bit that, 
and usually in the negative that this team doesn't have the pitching to make any kind of sustained run. And we worry about what that means. But if you're getting a good Jack Flaherty, if you're getting the Miles Michaelis we've seen for an extended period of time now, like you said, Jordan Montgomery has pitched well most of the year. He just hasn't had anything to show for it. Um, you know, if you can put those three guys in there, and then you have Matthew Libertor, who, you know, is better than better than what we were seeing out of Stephen Matz, if nothing else. But it, you know, if if your Libertor is your four or five, then you're probably pretty good, right? Because yeah, he's going to be. I think he's going to be even if you're not getting because he is a young guy and he may have really good games and really bad games. He may not get the consistency, but he's probably overall going to be pretty solid. I mean, that's that's good. Um, and then you've got Adam Wainwright, which, you know, that's that's a sticky situation, right? I mean, you know, Adam always has a good reason for why things have, you know, yeah. and, and and he's honest about taking on some of the faults, but he also has as as a as an athlete, which is not surprising, that really positive attitude of, you know, I just made a bad pitch here and there and I've got to correct that and we'll be fine. And but set that aside for a minute. You know, if you do have at least four guys that you feel really pretty confident on a given night that you're going to win, that's, yeah, you're right. Then you start looking at getting one addition might be enough to push you. And even without that addition or until that market establishes, which, you know, again, John Mozellock coming out this week really saying it's not out there yet. um, You can get by hopefully until, you know, late July because, you know, the way the pitching staff was going earlier, you you didn't have a chance. If you had to wait till late July, they're, they're going to be too buried to, to worry about it. Sure. No, I agree. And it's it's maybe the old – maybe I can be overly optimistic on a lot of these things. And, and I'm thinking that it just takes one good start or, or, you know, a string of good starts to really turn a team around because mm-hmm. that's the thing. If, if you can get up there and know that you have a chance to win every night and you can play with the lead, you're going to be pretty good. I mean, I feel like you're going to get Arnado and you're going to get Goldsmith. I feel like yeah. I'm glad they brought up Walker, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to that here in a little bit because yeah. one, I just kind of thought that was that was handled poorly in the anyway, and I think there was contractual stuff to it, but we'll get into that later. Um, would it surprise you at all if Wainwright did find a gear to where he would be a good three or four in this rotation? Though, I, something tells me that he's it's he's not going to go out like this, and they're not going to take him out of the rotation. I think he's going to give him reason to stay. Um, but like I said, that can be the over optimistic point of view. I'm not going to say he's going to come out and be dominant and start a start the uh, game one of a playoff series, which I still wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen. But I kind of feel like that he may find a gear before too long and that that we haven't seen the best that they've played. Whether that's going to be enough or not, I don't know. Now, you know, sitting here talking on June 10th, it's that's a little bit early, but you know, they're they're definitely in a uh, in a uh, in a tight position where they're going to have to do they're going to have to make a run regardless. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't I don't rule out a good run of Wainwright starts. I don't know if I would say, you know, even as good as he was last year before September. But, you know, even, you know, as we talk about that, you know, about him saying, well, you know, one bad pitch or whatever, you know, he went into Texas, which is a, you know, a tough place to pitch in a lineup that's tough to hit, you know, to face. Yes. And gave up three runs and, you know, kind of, you know, he's going to have, I feel like Adam Wainer is going to throw like two or three scoreless innings out of his five. It's just just how many runs does he give up in the times that he give up? You know, if he can get away with just one run and, you know, 
one run an inning, then you're probably okay. But when he has a big inning against him, it becomes difficult for the team to, to come back. But so, yeah, I think that there's enough there that, you know, he could win a, a handful of games. I think, you know, early in the season, we we're like, well, does he even get to 200 wins? You know, I think he could get what's three still now. Right. And I think he needs three to get there. You know, I don't think that's a problem uh, the way he's been pitching as of late. Now, it's also going to put a strain on that bullpen because I don't know that we'll see Adam Wainwright go past five innings um, very often, if at all, the rest of the way. Um, do you? Because I feel like because he can't strike people out, because he's kind of working around whatever he's doing, um, that pitch count gets up, and I don't think I don't think the Cardinals really want him facing a lineup. I don't want anybody necessarily facing a lot of three times, but they definitely don't want Adam Wainwright doing that unless he is just really humming. Yeah, that did. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's, it's funny. I, I don't know how to say this. It's uh Michaelis is so, is so efficient with the, by uh, he lives on the ground. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He does strike out a whole ton of guys. And that's why I feel like he gets the extended looks, but even in the two best starts of, now I wouldn't say best starts of the season, but, two great starts that, that that the Cardinals have needed that both starters have won six in Montgomery and Flaherty in the last two. And those, I mean, that's still your, 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 uh, that's six innings of bullpen work that you're going to need. Now where there was an off day in between, I get it, you know, and that's, that's ultimately where Matt's probably factors in a lot is uh, following up on a Wainwright type start for extended innings, you know, and which it turns out to be, might make a lot of sense and he's pitched pretty well doing it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's it's going to be a two times through and and be done with it. So if he's efficient, he's going to have to be be efficient through those lineup through the lineup because that third time is going to going to start to haunt him. But as it does everybody, but especially with diminished stuff. It's weird. I, I pulled up Wainwright's pitching log, and it's just a little bit. It's it's like he's matching his starts. The first two starts, uh, he went four. He went five innings and gave up four runs. Uh, his second two starts, he went both of them. He went five point two innings, and he both gave up five runs. Although one of them, three of them are unearned. And then the last two starts he's had, he went five and five and a third and gave up three runs. So, you know, he's getting better. Um, it, it, you know, maybe the next two starts he's going to go about five and give up one run or something like that. But, uh, I, you know, I, I think that I don't feel like this is the same Adam Wainwright that we saw at the in in. October necessarily. Um, it's just not the same Adam Wainwright we're used to. Sure. And, uh, you know, I think anything you get out of him, Adam Wainwright is your fifth starter now. Um, and anything you can get out of him that gets close to league average, I think you appreciate. Um, you know, his fielding independent pitching is 4.26. And, you know, if, if he was getting results around that, uh, I think we'd feel pretty good about it. But um, so, yeah, I guess that's where I'm at. Now, the thing is, okay, these five, if these guys are going the way we think they're going to be going, then who gets replaced yeah. when it comes time to, to make a trade? Mm, yeah, I don't know because there's – yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I, I mean, and it's it's one that I would love to have a, have a guy <laughs> – I'd love to have this decision be made, though. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those because if you feel good with Montgomery, Michaelis, and Flaherty, um, you know, it's not like you're going to displace Wainwright, so that that leaves your Libertor situation. Right. So, you know, I I don't know. I, I just hope it gets to the point where they 
that they have to, they feel like there's a move out there that's going to, that will improve them and not rest on the laurels, which they've been known to do before that, Hey, they're pitching well now type situation. You know, that, that kind of worries me. But, yeah, I, you know, yeah. if the results are there, then I, I guess we just have shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. You know, that. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we're, if we uh, are talking right or talking wrong, we're going to keep talking. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, cause that gets us back to that, that same thing we've talked about, about the off season, you know, it was like, yeah, they needed to go get pitching, but who was good? Who were they going to displace? Not that they couldn't get somebody better just because of contracts and situations of that nature. But, and it's also, you know, it's also baseball, right? Baseball finds a way at times. Um, yes. You know, we're, we're assuming all these guys are going to be there and pitching yeah, and pitching healthy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, especially a guy like, like Wainwright or, or anybody else, you know, being older, um, you know, can run into some small issues or, you, you know, and, and you're right. You go out and you make that trade. And if you have to move Matthew Levator out, unless he's pitching like a rookie of the year candidate, you know, you can move him to the bullpen, move him back to Memphis for a while if you have to. And, you know, hope that this year has given him a good experience for, yeah, for next year. Yeah, next year. Yeah. Um, something to that. Um, let's talk a little bit, shift gears a, a bit. We may come back to the pitching at some point in time. But I'm, yesterday, Dylan Carlson comes off the injured list, which was good. Um, it's always nice to have an, an outfielder getting healthy, which is more than we can say for Tyler O'Neill and Lars Newtbar right now, unfortunately. Um, but is, the Cardinals then put him in right field um, and left Tommy Edmond in center. Yeah. Now, if the, if the Cardinals had said they were doing this because they wanted to limit a little bit of, you know, try to keep, you know, make sure Carlson was healthy, um, you know, a lot of kind of ease him into it. And, and there'd be, you know, he'd be in center and, you know, after a couple of games uh, to just kind of getting back to baseball activity type of thing. Okay, fine. They seem to have done this because they like Tommy Edmond, who has played what three games in center yeah. uh, more than Dylan Carlson, that they're looking for stability and blah, 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 blah. I mean, nothing, nothing against Tommy Edmund, who has played a pretty good center field. I'm not going to argue that what I have seen, you know, in clips and stuff like that, he seems to have played fine center field, but it's still, it's just another one of those slightly weird decisions that the Cardinals have made this year. Because I mean, if you want Tommy Edmund, you could, you could could flip Carlson and Edmund without much trouble and had both of those guys out there, which seems to be what the Cardinals wanted. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I worry that they're falling in love with the Edmund and center field idea. And mm-hmm. I worried about that before um, I heard what I heard on the Texas broadcast. And I'll get to that here in a second. But um, I was like, this makes it really easy for them to be able to put, to do a Donovan Gorman, DeYoung lineup and, uh, and include Edmund in that uh, basically every night. Because I think that there's a little bit of, of stress of how to use Donovan slash um, uh, Gorman, I, the, the way that they're going to get split up, playing time with those guys. Um, and then Skip made the comment in game two of the Texas series that that he's played so well, I expect to see Edmund a whole lot in center field. He's really impressed them. He made that comment, and I was like, that, this may be something we see a long run of. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what the lineup is today. Um, 
because that'll be pretty telling. But yeah, when 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 Dylan came out last or when he ever he came off last night, I figured he would immediately be in center field and in the lineup. Or you know, in the flip side, I was saying, well, is this is is this going to hold tight until Lars gets back? I don't know, but I feel like they kind of love the situation, and and that it worries me a little bit. Yeah, I. I... And I don't know. I, I pulled it up because Tommy's actually. This is last night was his eighth game to to start in center, uh, and over those eight games, he's hitting one forty eight. Um, you know, he's. I don't know if that's now. Let's. Uh, I think it's fair to say Tommy Edmond hasn't necessarily had the offensive season that we would like to yeah. see either. It's not necessarily been bad or anything like that, but it's also, you know, Tommy Edmond's out there every day, yeah. right? Um, and so. If, if he's not, if he's just average or slightly below average, you get a lot of it. So that's not necessarily great, but I, you know, again, 148, 233, 222 line since in, in eight game, small sample size, I know, but is learning center field affecting him? Cause we've heard that, right? Players and they have to play oh, yeah. position. Yeah. Sometimes they, they yeah. it, it takes away from their hitting cause they're too busy focusing on adjusting to a new position. Well, and I would, um, I would be willing to bet right now that his uh, pregame rituals and pregame work are more working in the outfield than he does anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. It probably is. So I don't know. Um, I mean, again, would this make a whole lot of difference if he was playing, you know, right field instead of center field? I don't know. Probably not, but he at least had played right field a, a few times. Um, and in right field is important, but it's not necessarily as vital, especially to a defense as a center field is. I, I don't know. I mean, Carlson has, I mean, we talked about Carlson playing center field this year or after Bader, I guess it was last year, wasn't it? When, when Bader was hurt, that was one of the reasons they were able to trade Bader. Um, he's played a, a good center field and he's played a lot more of it. It's not that, he was adequate out there and Edmund's adequate out there. And so it doesn't really, you know, just keep people where they're, you know, comfortable or whatever. I, it's just, it is weird. And and, and I get, I also understand what you're saying. uh, This team, Tommy Edmund has been a very valuable part of this team. There's no doubt over the last few years, but it also always feels like he's still slightly overvalued by the team. Um, I I don't know. It's like, we got to find a place to play Tommy Edmund, you know, and, and, I think all, a lot of us have wanted Tommy Edmund to be that super sub where he plays third base one day and second base one day and, and the outfield at times here and there. And, and maybe he's in the lineup pretty much every day, but he's not at a regular position. And, and that's not the case. Now, again, it's hard to argue with a guy that's, you know, won the gold glove. He could have gone on a gold glove last year. He can play all these positions. I expect he's, I, if he, I don't surprised if he's not the emergency catcher now, I'd be surprised. You know, I don't I mean, yeah. um, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I'm not, I'm not at all dogging on Tommy Edmund, but it is, it is just strange how he always winds up being in the middle of these positions where we're like, is this really the right decision? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And it was, it's funny. I was like, let me pull up some stats. I, I want to see, Something that, that I wanted to check, um, and it kind of surprised me, and I probably should have known this either. I, anyway, did you know no Cardinal has double-digit stolen bases? Yeah, I didn't know that, but I would. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Even the, but, but even with the, experience, I would have thought he would have. I would have. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I was trying to look at his value overall, 
and I'm a big mm-hmm. Edmund fan. And I mean, don't get me wrong. That's uh, you know, I, and I'm all right with him being in the lineup all the time. But uh, yeah, it's that surprised me because I was thinking first I want to go to the league leaders and look, you know, mm-hmm. the league leaders at thirty. And, uh, and I was like, let me go because no Cardinal showed up on the list. And then I was curious to see what it was. And yeah, I mean, he's at nine, yep. which is not super important. I don't think they're going to be a team that's going to run a lot. Um, I wish they would, but, uh, that's just not, and I, I'm just, I'm just overall looking at his, his total value and what he brings to the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you're right about that. I, I'm a big fan. I like him being in the lineup and I kind of like that idea of him being a little bit of everywhere, but I felt like that little bit of everywhere was going to be short and second, <laughs> you know, yeah. not, not, not the outfield. It just, it, I know that we were going to get into the outfield a little bit more. So it, I was going to kind of save this, but it's, I'm glad Walker's back and I'm really glad that Carlson's back because it has seemed like a mismatch for the last week and a half, maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, that it just didn't feel right. I mean, it, it. I don't know. And it was one of those where I'm ready to get some outfielders back. And, and I like the idea of Walker. Learn, learn on the job. I kind of feel like that with Libertor, too. I mean, your 10 games under 500. And I understand you're looking for a spark. I said, but let's let's do something they haven't done in a while. Let's play the young guys. And let's figure this out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um. I know that that goes away from our Edmund comment a little bit, but still, I mean, that's hopefully that's where this goes, where we're going to see, we're going to start seeing the Carlson, the Walker, and uh, then hopefully a Newt bar back. And that gets the majority of the infield starts. And then you figure out the rest from there. Yeah, hopefully so. I mean, it, it did feel weird to have Edmund and Donovan as your outfielders um, yeah, on, a, on a team that is like, yeah, you've got so many outfielders, you don't know what to do. And all of a sudden infielders there, which I mean, that's injuries and stuff like that. But it also was, I mean, Juan Yepes goes down when, when Carlson came up, but, you know, I don't feel like we saw Juan Yepes at all. No, um, no, and we'll probably get the same with Baker. Yeah, and I don't, and Baker's a, an interesting, a different, a little bit different case because, you know, he can't play, I mean, he can play first, but Goldie's going to play there and he's yeah, going to play point. DH, but, yeah, good point. you know, there's, you're often going to have Gorman there or whatever, so I could understand that getting a little less of that, but. You know, even you're and you're right to some degree too. I mean, we will. It's like you forget these guys are even there because they don't. And again, that's a part of what I have argued that your your bench is not nearly as important as it used to be because you don't get to pinch hit. Um, I mean, you're not you maybe every once in a while, but you're not pinch hitting for the pitcher all the time. So um, you don't necessarily need that. So some of those bats get buried real quickly because there's a lot of games where you don't you have your starting lineup and nothing else. but yeah, I, I, it's it's becoming more and more likely to me that whatever the Cardinals do at the trade deadline, Juan Yepes goes out because it just doesn't feel like this organization will be the fit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say they don't know what to do with him, but I don't think that's necessarily fair. It's just they're not. I mean, his defense isn't great, so you don't really want him in the outfield if you can help it, especially. You know, as of right now, when you're trying to win every game, um, 
So I get that. But, you know, I think, I honestly think that if he gets somewhere, he's going to have, you know, if he gets a run of games and he can play regularly, he's going to have a pretty decent line. He may not be a superstar. He may not be Randy Orozarena, but I think he'll be solid for somebody. If But, you know, the Cardinals don't really have that spot to have him. And, you know, so many people are ahead of him on the, on the depth chart that, yeah, I can't imagine. And I don't know if he's got value or anything. I just think that he's part of the, of whatever package they send out probably has him in it. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. I mean, it's, it's more of the surplus type type situation with the Cardinals that we've, we've heard before. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I hate that for him because I mean, yeah. I like when he's in the lineup, but you're right. It's kind of a, it, you can only do, use him in so many ways. And, you know, Gorman's, you know, Gorman's hitting third in your lineup right now. You right. know what I'm saying? I mean, that it's tough to set him down. Right. By the way, you were talking about stolen bases and Tommy Edmund, and he has nine. Did you know he got three of them in two games? <laughs> no, uh, I, I, against, don't, I don't remember that. But. Yeah, I was watching because I remember why. I guess I was paying attention because it was against the Brewers. And, yeah, it seemed like every time I was looking at – he was on, he was stealing bases. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he stole two in one game and one in the next game. He went from uh, – and he's gotten uh, just – I guess he's gotten three since then, it looks like. But, um, yeah, he's got to spread them out after that. But he's also not on base. I mean, that's that's the other thing about yeah. Tommy Edmund. You know, his OPS is 97, right? Or OPS plus yeah. right now is 97. His career is just 102. I mean, we – sometimes what we see Tommy Edmund and what the numbers say Tommy Edmonds is – seem to be so different right because i mean if you watch him every day it feels like he's always gonna you know making a big play or or coming up with a hit or whatever the case may be but you know on, on the grand scheme of things overall you know sometimes at least that at least def- offensively he's not that far off of average now you factor in the defense and the versatility and he's very he's a valuable player but it's i don't know i think it's it's weird because you know we keep thinking of like Tommy Edmond is his core guy and Tommy Edmond's, you know, a huge part of this team. And then you go look and yeah, he's, you know, at least according to some measures, you know, right around that average mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, we, it seems like we've had these conversations every year and then he'll do something big and the, mm-hmm. you know, the cup of goodwill fills back up type <laughs> situation. But no, I, I completely agree with where you come from. Like I said, I really like him as a player. I like the switch hitter. I like the oddity of, of kind of picking which hand you're going to hit with this year too, you know, yeah. if, if he's facing a, you know, if whatever, whatever, uh, I don't know how he defines what he hits off of. And I'm sure it's probably written somewhere. I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, facing the righty again, hitting righty against the righty. I kind of like that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and uh, it's funny because I was just thinking back, I was like, man, he has to have a ton of stolen bases because it seems like, he's moving the most of anybody I see. And then right. I realize they just don't move at all. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, Goldschmidt's, you see him run all the time too, and he only has the seven stolen bases. Right. Um, I was hoping that would be more of their game this year, but, you know, that's indicative of strikeouts and all that stuff now too. So it, uh, yeah. you know, it's tough. It, it's tough to, to, to reset, you know, the game plans and, and all that. But I thought they would be more athletic this year, and I'm not so certain they have been. No, no. And, and you know, it's – it's also a function of not a lot of times the offense struggling in general. You know, yeah. you got to get on to steal. Um, and there have been a number of games where they've only gotten two hits, three hits, something like that. And then, you know, if you're playing from behind, sometimes you're hesitant about losing a base runner. And that is the case. You know, we have seen them try to steal and not be that successful. I don't know about overall stats, but you know what? 
it was the game. It was that Texas game, right? That uh, like Nolan got thrown out, uh, and then Jordan Walker got thrown out. Um, we have seen them, you know, occasionally run at the wrong times. I guess. Yeah, the the Walkers. That was you felt bad for the young guy because he just left a little too early and was you know was there for the picking on the pitcher. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I like the fact that he's athletic enough to go, though. You know, especially, you know, I know we talked about this forever, and we talked about it last year, and not to veer off task a little bit, but he is bigger than everybody they play. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. he, when he's at first base, you're like, my goodness, he's a big guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Cardinals are Cardinals are tied for 12th with the Cubs in stolen bases um, at 46, which is – 40 behind the Rays at first place, but uh, not that far out of like sixth or fifth or sixth. But uh, in caught stealing, they are tied with, or no, they're actually just played on ninth. So they're, they're getting thrown out at a little bit higher rate than, than the, than they're stealing, I think compared to the, the rest of the league. So maybe something to that um, as well. But uh, you know, and again, Baseball, that's just, you're right. It's just not, not baseball. Cause I mean, if we're talking about how the Cardinals aren't running and here they are, you know, top half of, of baseball yeah. in, in steals, then that's just, that's just a different part of the game. And, and that's not, I'd have to look and see what it's like compared to last year, but it doesn't feel like the larger bases and the disengagement stuff has necessarily spurred this like baseball thought it would. No, I, and, and maybe not. And I, I, and maybe, it's more of a hope that I that I wanted to see more running and all that good stuff, you know. Right. So, right. Well, and I think and, that's probably why it sits so well with me because I I felt like with with Newt Bar Edmund and uh, you know potentially uh, Carlson you'd see a lot of running. Yeah. Well, and then of course you know Newt Bar Newt Bar has not you know between his jamming of the thumb and then now his back issue does he's barely been on the field it feels like yeah. and you know Carlson's had some of the same issues so. Yeah, I mean, you're really just looking at Edmund there. Yeah, we bring that yeah, up. Then you bring up O'Neill, who probably could lead him in stolen bases, but we may never see <laughs> never see him again. Well, that's okay. Well, let's just talk about the outfield bit again a little bit, and let's talk about the fact Tyler O'Neill is they just they shut him down completely. It seems like sometime maybe next week he'll be able to get back to starting like baseball rehab activities, but that feels like if that's the case, you know, we're talking. You're probably talking. Uh, end of June before I'm uh, probably maybe even longer than that before he could be back. Right. I, I mean, I may be at the overstate two weeks, 20 days, almost three weeks. Um, I thought you had a great point last week though, about is he going to be a Cardinal in July? You go probably not. Cause he probably won't play by then. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, I mean, they still, as far as I know, you know, they shut him down completely trying to decide if, you know, they, if this will do it. Um, you know, if he even starts back into rehab and stuff, then, I mean, he's been out for what, you know, a month more. Um, so you figure he's going to do more than the three games that Dylan Carlson did for a rehab stint when he's playing. And then again, he's got a ways to go before he gets to that. So yeah, it's going to be, I would think they would like to get him back on the field at some point in time in July, just if nothing else to show people that he's healthy. Yeah. Um, it made it and, and then try to sell people on his you know, potential, you know, when he is healthy. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to do that. Um, but 
it does feel like yeah, we talked about this last week. Like you said, it just it does feel like if if they you know just like Juan Yepes, it feels like Tyler O'Neill's time in this organization is limited one way or the other. Yeah, the uh, the death knell on that was Mo coming out and saying staying healthy was a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty direct, and it's a yeah. line that I really like. By the way, <laughs> I better not say anything um, else. But there's a couple dudes, <laughs> uh, couple dudes that toss the hell and kind of rub me the wrong way. <laughs> Gonna have to have to. Post that up on the on the school on the bullet board for the team. Well, I've yelled it. I've yelled it a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's you know, I just it's it's difficult to see how and, and is is Tyler is he a free agent at the end of the year? I can't remember. You know, let me look at his. I was I just been everything for some we are under and this is not that anybody cares about an Oklahoma weather report, but we have had heavy rain all night, and it's so beautiful. We're doing it right now, too. So my <laughs> internet's a little bit slow. Well, that's right. I, all that rain, I think, is coming this way. So, Good deal. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, let's... Yeah, I'm trying to drop down the contract info. Yeah, he is signed through 21, or 23. So he's uh, his last year of arbitration is 24, and then he hits free agency in 25. So okay, so we got another – could be a non-tender situation. I, mean, I doubt. I doubt they non-tender a guy like that. I think that because you have value. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, if they kept him, but uh, it does feel like that. You know, they're going to find try to find a way to to move him, and it, it probably is. Even if it's not now, it's in the off season. Yeah, um, and and somebody else takes a a risk on him for the one year. Um, but you know, hopefully, you know, so hopefully he comes back and. You know, shows why he should be traded. You know, if nothing else, you yeah. give the Cardinals something. Um, it's it's just so. Uh, Cardinals have had their share of frustrating players, uh, but O'Neill may be right on the top of that list just because we saw what happened. You know, that one year, you know, MVP level and yeah. forty runs and all this stuff that you could do, and then just not being able to stay healthy and and to repeat even close to that. I don't know that anybody wants to, you know, expects that kind of level now, but you know, if you could give, if you said Tyler O'Neill could play 120 games and give you 25 home runs, I think everybody would just lock that in at the beginning of the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it, you, you, I think you're right. I mean, as far as frustrating players and they brought guys in before the year, it's like, well, that's, this was worthless. They didn't help at all, you know, type situation due to the injuries, but then you do see the speed power and then he has two gold gloves. And you're like, gosh, that, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's a huge benefit. I mean, that's a guy that we're probably talking about leading the team in steals at this point, you know, one of those guys. And it's frustrating, you know, because I feel like even with the expectations of, you know, of his injury history, it still kind of hurts. And I feel like that's kind of left him in limbo a little bit in the outfield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and like I said, Newt Moore is, He's not even that close. It feels like it feels like there's just no timetable on him, which is, you know, again, frustrating for different reasons, right? We saw a lot of, you know, a lot of expectation on Lude. Of course, it's the World Baseball Classic and all that stuff. And for him to hit a couple of injuries like this that have knocked him out for an extended period of time is, is frustrating. But it's also not to the point of, you don't think you're going to get anything out of him. Even though they don't have a timetable, you still expect him to be a big part of the second half. Yeah. Yeah, it stinks. You know, especially for him. You know, this is, you know, uh, I don't know. It's uh, coming off the WBC, all the all the, the goodwill and everything. It, it, it stinks for him because I feel like he brings a little bit of life to the lineup. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that is something that life to the whole clubhouse might be needed. Um, it's it's always weird to see and stuff like that, but there have been times this week where the TV camera has just caught and, and Turtle Gifts has put out a few of them. I know um, where he's caught the team is just not shown any life, right? You know, even in big moments, uh, you know, Jordan Walker's home run and in um, Texas or even winning the game against Texas, it was still almost a, Oh, we finally got that done more than an an excitement level of, you know, energy and stuff like that. I, I, again, you know, maybe you catch them on a bad day. I don't know that I want to draw a whole, make a whole lot about it, but it is a little bit weird to see a team that has typically been fairly, I don't want to say demonstrative, but still, you know, excited or, you know, celebratory not necessarily be that way yeah yeah you you know we we bring this up and and we've done it a few years ago too just the disinterested feel on some of it i and i i mean i honestly you know i'm a big clubhouse guy and i feel like there's probably guys trying to find their roles right now um i mean you lose i'm not saying this is a huge issue with them and why it's not happening but you lose a molina who probably runs things pretty tight to now to where you 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 take that out and you try to figure some things out on the fly essentially um you know it's going to take a little bit of time and i think that may be some of it i mean like me personally the i really like montgomery as a pitcher but his (laughs) post-game interviews come off like he could be probably a pretty big jerk (laughs) <laughs> and I yeah. wonder if that's maybe some of it with some of the guys. Um, you, you never know. I mean, and that is maybe the way they approach media, you know, it, it yeah. as well. So yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like there's, I, I feel like we're understating how big of a transition this this actually is. That's probably fair. I mean, again, as I've pointed out, usually when this topic comes up, Yadier Molina wasn't there last year. I mean, he was not there for half the year physically, and it's pretty. You can make the argument he wasn't here the half of the year, uh, emotionally or or mentally. I, I, you know, when you hear it after the off season, how they kind of had a talking back into coming back for another year, and you, it kind of made a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, but that said, they had Adam. They had Adam Waiter at all year, which is they have not necessarily had as much this year, and they had Albert Pujols in the yeah, clubhouse, I, which I think was the bigger factor. That completely. Yeah. I think that's the bigger loss than Molina, to be honest. Yeah, there's, there had to be something to be a legend coming into that clubhouse, and, you know, having the season of his life. I mean, he was having a lot more fun than we've ever seen Albert Pujols have, but also commanding that respect. Yeah. Um. And and they said I thought I saw Derek. I think it was in Derek Gould's chat either this week or last week or some week, talking about that leadership definitely. He said that the stuff with O'Neill earlier in the year uh, would not have happened that way. Right. That, that yeah. the, the leadership would have, they would have addressed it. They would have taken care of it. But being that they don't necessarily have those kind of guys now, more of it fell on the manager um, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there is some of that. I think, I think Nolan Arnado can be that because I think we've seen that kind of fire and passion, but sometimes he is, you know, really focused on what, what he's doing. And I'm not saying that he's not focused on the team at all, but you know, you know, some of those superstars get, you know, so wrapped up in continuing to be better that they don't necessarily have the bandwidth to be that, that type of leader. I mean, 
we saw this one we see this week. Is it this week or, or early last week where they, uh, you know, Andrew Kisner is this kind of you know captain, yeah. if you will. Um, because Willie McGee has said, hey, look, this guy's the one that's preparing. This guy's the one that's doing the leading. This is the guy that's doing the work. And, you know, that's that's fair. I think that, you know, sometimes it is those kind of guys. And I think there's probably something to it being a catcher too, right? The guy that's, you know, putting in the work, but also, you know, is in charge on the field. Um, if you can have a a strong character and, and, you know, Contreras just hasn't been in the organization long enough to probably feel like he can take on that kind of role. Yeah, no, I I agree. And it's funny after the, the, uh, the captain comment, it kind of makes a lot of sense why Kisner's here. Right. That, that makes it that I felt like that made a whole lot of sense. I was like, ah, that's, that's probably why they're, you know, cause we've had the question marks of, Hey, is this, are they going to move on from him and bring up Pereira? Mm-hmm. Is this how we're going to go? But, but that there, there's never been any leaning toward that. And that probably tells us why. Yeah, that does, that does help. I mean, and we've, we, we kind of heard a little bit about, you know, being strong in the clubhouse and, and people really liking him. And, you know, it was him that I think he, and it was really the instigator of the pepper grinder last year and stuff like that. You know, that said, getting a chance to play at least somewhat regularly, he's not been bad no. at the plate. I mean, he's got a OPS plus of 97 right there where we were talking about Tommy Edmond. Yeah. Um, he's five homers. Um, you know, has he been good enough to displace, you know, Contreras? No. I mean, Contreras' numbers aren't necessarily that much better, but, you know, that's that's small samples and all that stuff. Yeah. But I do think that he has done enough that when he has chance to play, it's not that big a deal. That does make it for an interesting discussion the way that now Ivan Herrera is playing at at Memphis. Um, you know, some of that's Herrera playing at AAA again for another year, but he is really, you know, player of the month in May for the Cardinals in the minor leagues. Had a, already had a start, strong start to June. You know, this is a conversation we've had in the offseason, but, you know, does that mean that, you know, we, we thought maybe Kisner would go or whatever. Does that mean Herrera's, you know, if if you like what Kisner's bringing to you intangibly, and if you've got, you know, a five-year commitment to Wilson Contreras, does that mean Ivan Herrera becomes, especially the way he's playing, your best trade chip? Yeah, here at the I that's exactly the route that I would go is trade the hot hand, trade the prospect who hasn't really got, who hasn't really had a look in the majors for you. You know, that's, mm-hmm. I, I, I would move that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, by the end of Wilson Contreras' contract, will he be a full-time DH? I think it's possible. I agree. But are you able to keep, I mean, and if, if you want to move on from Kisner, even even if you want to move on Kisner, you know, make Herrera your backup next year. Well, is he going to be able to be a backup for two or three years and not lose whatever he's done so that by the time he's a starter at the end of Wilson Contreras' contract, um, it's worth it? Or yeah. is he just going to kind of waste away? Which we've had these discussions a lot but with, with Yadier Molina backups, but even, I think at the signing time of, of Contreras, we talked about it like this. Um, I don't know. So I think that's fair. I think you could see could her moved and you might regret it after a year or two and you kind of wish you had him back. But I also 
think Kisner's young enough that, you know, assuming this year, of course he's, you know, Kisner's 28. Um, you know, assuming this either isn't a complete fluke, which I don't think it is. We've seen him be a very good hitter. In fact, he was a much better hitter in the, than a defensively in, in the minors. Um, I, you, you could have Kisner be the backup for the next two or three years, and I don't think it'd be a huge issue. So I, I think right now, especially with the fact that the outfielders you might want to trade are, are hurt um, and you don't have necessarily a whole lot of depth in the pitching side to do that, that may be, your, may be one of your only options. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I would think so. And you know, we've said this before too. I feel like you can, if, if you, for five years, you're going to have Contreras and I don't know if you're ever going to come fully commit to him as the DH, whether that's catching 30 games or not, you know what I mean? That's right. I right. feel like that's what you'll say. You could always go find a backup guy. Um, but you feel like they've kept Andrew around for a reason, and that and that told a big story. I, I felt like when McGee made those comments. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's probably right as well. Um, let's play a little fun with endpoints, and let's try to figure something out, which I don't know that we can. Um, Paul DeYoung, uh, after you know, had a, has played in thirty eight games so far with the Cardinals this year. We know he started off strong. Um, his second, his last 19, so that's half half of one he's been in the big leagues. Uh, hitting 185, has 21 strikeouts and 65 plate appearances, has three home runs over that stretch. Um, but if you just look at, you know, June, his last seven games, He's hitting 250 uh, mm-hmm. with nine strikeouts in 24 bytes. Still a good strikeout rate. Things are turning around a little bit. That's, you know, small samples and all that kind of stuff. We know Paul DeYoung's history. We know um, everything. We also know you're a big Paul DeYoung fan. Um, where are we at with Paul DeYoung? Where do you, what, do you, what kind of confidence level are you having with him now versus where we were, you know, a week or two after he got to the majors? Hmm. Well, uh, I'm not real sure what direction it heads in. And on June 10th, I mean, even without playing, essentially, for the first month of the season, he's still fourth on the team in home runs. Yeah. Um, and isn't that what we were told to expect? A solid shortstop who would get into a ball every once in a while? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't think he's failing at what they expect of him to do. Is there a slippery slope where that could happen? Yeah. Have we seen maybe the early signs that it, that it may be happening? Possibly. But um, at this point, I mean, has he has he done enough in the negative to not play him as much as you have? I'm not. I'm not sure that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. Um, looking at it in just to continue to play with endpoints since in his last 14 games, he has no homers. That's his last. That's how many games he's since. That would uh, be the slippery slope. Yeah, and he's hitting 146 yeah. in that times period with 15 strikeouts and 48 bats. Because I think that's that's what what I look at to me with Paul DeYoung. We know he's going to occasionally get into one, which is good, and that yeah. does help. If he's even, you know, even if he's not hitting much, but he's putting the ball in play, that's one thing. But yeah. you know, when when Paul DeYoung's going really bad, the strikeouts just pile up. Agreed. Um, he's and he's kind of like completely lost at the plate yeah. i don't know that he's to the level that he was even like last year or the year before but you know he's still striking out quite a bit uh, sure. i don't 
and you've watched him more. I mean, although maybe not as much recently, I don't know if he, because at, at times in the past, he has just looked like completely lost at the plate to the point that, you know, if he got two strikes, he was going to swing and it was going to be over. Sure. I don't know if he's looking that bad or not. Well, no, it, but, you know, it's funny that you say that because I on the, that's what I was going to say on the, uh, the slippery slope side. In those limited bats, even with the eight home runs, he's fifth in the team of strikeouts. Yeah. You know, one yeah. of those. So, and, I mean, it's close, but still, that that's his game. So you just kind of wonder. I honestly, Whenever we looked at it, kind of going back to the stolen base, which we've talked more about stolen bases in this show than we have in seven years, probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I kind of like that. The, but when you see the Donovans, the Edmonds, um, you really thought if that was going to be what you had of the middle, they were going to be running a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it, that just hasn't been the case. There is just, it, the, you're, you, I like the Young as a shortstop. And, but like we've always said, if you're young, if you're counting on young to be, you know, three fifths or, you know, if, if that's going to be your power production, you're going to probably be in trouble. Um, that being said, I just, you know, it, it's, it's such thin ice for him because we've seen how bad it can go and how quickly that can happen. That, that there's just a little bit of skepticism, but in the, in the long run, what I was going to say is, I felt like you were going to be much more athletic up the middle in a base running sense in the speed sense with the two younger guys as opposed to DeYoung. But, you know, he's at least kept your head above water for what we know that he can do. You also wonder if a lot of this consistent playing time for him is because they're having to move Tommy Edmund to the outfield, right? I, I agree. Um, I agree. You know, if the outfielders come back, does that cut into what they do with Paul Young? And I think that's that's a possibility. Um, where, where I think the resurgence is incredibly welcome and they're like, okay, you've kind of saved our bacon. I think Gorman has hit so well that he's kind of ruined some of the rotational plans that they had. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. Cause they're, they're getting to where he's going to have to play every day. Um, and you know, uh, yeah, I, I could, I definitely think that's a possibility. Um, you know, and I continue to keep an eye on, Mason Wynn, uh, 263, yeah. uh, six homers. There's your 13 steals. I, again, Wynn's not ready, I don't think, to come up or anything like that, although I guess if there was an injury that there would be a discussion. But, you know, especially when you're looking forward, you know, you look at next year, we had this discussion a couple of while back. Even if DeYoung was hitting, you have a question about whether you pick up that option because of the, the log jam that's going to be in there. You know, if you if if Paul DeYoung could hit for like about a, about two weeks and somebody would take a, a flyer on him at the trade deadline, I think the Cardinals would do that. Yeah, yeah, I would think so as well. I mean, just you're running up to contract obligations. You have the extensions or uh, the uh, not the extensions, but the options. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think that there's, I think you can fill that gap. And I, you know what? I'm not so certain that that anybody other than the than the big bigs. Are uh, are off limits on any trade, and they, they may look quite a bit different. I, well, and you know, and did you notice that there was a? Uh, uh, um, I think it it was Katie that did the the interview with Mo, where he made the comment of, you know, the market just hasn't developed yet. We're going to have to wait mm-hmm. until July, and I was like, that's exactly what you and I were talking about. Of you, why don't you develop it? Yeah, you know, once go, you know, go shake some things up. But that's just not their mo. No, and I think you're right. I mean, and most teams don't. Again, uh, you know, we we talk about the Cardinals, but 
there's a rare team, Milwaukee, as we've said about before. Um, there, it's rare that the team will go out and really aggressively go get somebody. And yeah. even, you know, we talk about that Willie Adamas trade and it was a, it was a good trade, but it wasn't like he went out and necessarily got a superstar either, you know, which I mean, granted the Cardinals aren't going to get a superstar in the pitching staff. So that's fair. Um, I think there is something to that. I think it's like, maybe you're to that point where, you know, this division, the Cardinals right now, after winning two games have now kind of righted the ship a bit, but they're seven games out. Um, they're half game ahead behind the Cubs for last place. They're not in last place in the national general, you know, that's not impossible right now. The later it gets, the more hard, the harder it becomes, of course. But so, you know, maybe you call up somebody like the White Sox who have their own struggles. Of course, they're also playing in a, well, and now the the White Sox have actually started turning around. They're three and a half out of the yeah. division. So maybe you've missed your opportunity there. Um, you know, because that would have been a situation or, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's a situation where they need something and you need something and we're like, Hey, we're both going to, we're both going to go for it. So let's try this. Yeah. Um, Which would be so awesome and exciting. I think that you would really ignite. Yeah. Um, But you know, just, you're right. It just, with the way baseball is now, and we've talked about this when they did it and we've talked about it a lot with uh, over the years, but when you have three wild card spots, that means pretty much everybody thinks they're in it. Um, you know, right now, who if if you were going to try to trade with somebody right now, just to trade, like like one of those normal, you know, future for the present type of trades. You know, who could you trade with? You could trade with A's and maybe Kansas City, right? That's yeah. about it. Uh, everybody else probably still feels like they've got a chance at yeah, some, if, 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 at least in the wild card, because I mean, you know, again, the Cardinals are seven games out in the wild card. And they think they have a chance, and they're one of the worst teams in the in the National League. Yeah, um, a two-week two run changes everything for anybody right now. And, and right. that's what the one thing that teams have right now is time. Yeah, uh, and 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 again. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, it's, there is that market of a balance of, you know, if you are the A's, you know, I think somebody I saw on Facebook suggested, uh, you know, try to talk about like Paul Blackburn or somebody from the A's. And if you're the A's, it's like, okay, well, you know, you could market, you can have this guy for, you know, five, six more starts if you make a trade now. So the value is higher. Um, but you could also try to get more value at the trading deadline, you know, and still have your, you know, because of the, you know, demand and the, and the deadline that's there. So then it's like, okay, well, we're not coming off this. If you want to make our deal, you've got to do this. Um, so I don't know. Um, it is. It has to be. It seems to be that baseball has gotten to where they, you know, one nobody wants to make a deal because they always think they're in it, and so they want to go add. But two, you know, nobody can make a deal between until after the All Star break, and it just doesn't seem like they do it. I know it, and it it is. It yeah, is frustrating. Well, and the conservative nature that we've grown to love, and, you know, they make the playoffs this year, we'll say that, hey, they stayed the course. That's what they're known for doing. You know, we'll be like, okay, nah, you know, it kind of works out. But, you know, in a situation where we brought up disinterested, unathletic, you know, all kind of things in, in this 50-minute show alone, gosh, go out and be the team to, to, 
to to spark it first. We'd love to see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, you know, you have athletes coming. You know, you have Win. You have Graceffo. You have McGreevy. You have a, you have these guys. The same the same story that we've heard for ten years that hey, you have stuff coming. Let's let it develop. You know, one of those. But go go shake something up. You know, make it you make it exciting. It would would be nice. Um, and you know, there's. And we surely don't want to get into it here at the end of the show, but you know, there is that discussion of the fact that they've been a little bit too complacent or a little bit too comfortable with, you know, yeah, yeah. we win every year and yeah, we get in the playoffs and yeah, we have a shot. Um, I think when you're, you know, now 11 years removed from your last world series, when you're, you know, have struggled in the playoffs over that strand and then some years not made it. Um, it becomes harder and harder to, you know, just to rest on the fact of, Oh, we made it to the playoffs because, you know, you also don't have a team that anybody's expecting to do much in the playoffs. Uh, you're getting into the playoffs in some regard because the NL central is a home of the reds and the pirates for the last few years, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. So, um, so it, it is, fair to say that the front office could use or you know they could put those sights a little higher and try a little harder i guess yeah. to some degree um you know that said there is comfort and value in having a team that you know except for this year is is good enough to be competitive every year and hopefully it's where you could you know add to it in season um you know we've often talked about how we would not want to be one of those boomer bust type of teams, right? You don't want to be a team that you have to spend two or three years of watching terrible baseball just to have a window where they're going to be good. The Cardinals have their windows always. Um, so there's something to that. And part of that is not selling off or going for it in one year uh, and, and taking those assets that they might need in the future. So it is a balancing act. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, ultimately where it ends up, we'll probably be pretty happy, I would think, and be like, okay, well, I'm glad that they went ahead and decided to do this. But, you know, for once, I would love to see like, hey, their backs were against the wall. They had a historically bad start for a Cardinals team, and they made some changes that, that ignited a clubhouse. That would be fun to watch one summer. Yeah. Yeah, it would. There's there's no doubt. I, I, but we'll see yeah, if that happens. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, Cardinals – and we should, you know, we didn't mention at the beginning of the show, we should be in St. Louis today. Alan and I should be. This is blogger day, uh, but neither one of us can make it to this year. So I know it's only the second one I've missed. Uh, and I hate not being there with, with everybody. And I'm sure that there will be a lot of interesting questions asked Mo. Hopefully we're still invited back next year. Um, but we'll, we'll see what that's like as I guess some of our compatriots are probably starting to head downtown um for today so that should, should be good um finish up with the reds you know today and tomorrow and then uh three with the giants and then they go a day off next thursday and then they go to um new york for three what are you looking for this week gosh just i think you have to win the series of weekend Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants are playing better, you know, they're laying, they're lingering around, but I think you're playing better than you, than you were Then the, the, I think St. Louis is playing better now than they were when they went out there. That road trip was right. terrible. Right. Um, just keep winning series. I mean, that's the only way that that's, that's the only thing you can do at this point, you know, hopefully, you know, if, if things turn around in the rotation, 
just keep winning the series and, and things will right and things will turn around for you. That's I think that's what you all that you can focus on now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, it's that, you know, really one day at a time type of thing. Um, but especially with the Cardinals winning last night. Yeah. If they don't win this series against the Reds, that's, that's hard. Uh, yeah. You know, win last night, you've got Michaelis on the mound today. Um, you, you, you should take that series. Sure. Um, and, and you're right. You, they're playing better. The, uh, the, I think the giants coming to St. Louis is always different than going to San Francisco. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then, you know, you get to the Mets and the Mets have, Mets have their own issues, right? I no, mean, they've no, struggled no, no. a lot this year. Um, maybe even more disappointing than the Cardinals have been, even though they haven't been quite as bad. They've put a whole lot more into that team than sure. the Cardinals have. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So, I mean, the Cardinals are, are bad because they stayed status quo. The, the Mets are bad because they shook things up too much. Yeah. So, you know, try to try to figure it out. You know, yeah. what what's right, what's wrong. It always depends on – it more depends on the results than, uh, than what you actually do, I think, to some degree. Um, yeah, so – this week, um, we're going to have some extra content for you. Um, tomorrow, I am doing an interview with uh, Big Dave from the St. Louis uh, UK podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about the London series that's coming up. Uh, we're going to record that. It should be out sometime tomorrow. Also doing a couple of series previews this week. Going to do one with uh, the Giants bloggers. Um uh, that should be, they'll be out before the game on Monday for sure. And then talking to uh, a Mets guy um, on Thursday. So we'll have those out. So there'll be a little extra in your feed this week. Alan and I'll be back with you either Friday or Saturday uh, to talk about the week that was. But until then, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Oh, what a pool. In the air, left field, and Pools has given St. Louis the lead. A dramatic, towering three run home run. Stunned in disbelief here in Houston.